Hi, and thank you for joining us here at Two Rogue Studios. My name is Rhea Dark. This week, we get a different kind of booster. At this time in world history, the word boosted has taken on a totally new meaning. We understand it as being something that we do in order to fortify ourselves, to ward off malaise as a way to ensure future health and longevity. So taking the essence of this word and applying it to other aspects of our lives, where could you use a boost perhaps in your communications with loved ones, maybe some leadership skills in the new workplace, or even boosting your immunity via movements and healthy eating, maybe even going so far as putting yourself on a boosting schedule like we would with other types of inoculations in our lives. And like the adage goes, follow the science. So this week's quote, I am a slow walker, but I never walk back. And that is a quote by the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, whose legacy lives on in modern America with his abolition of slavery when President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in January of 1863. Now, today's guests is all about boosting relationships, how to boost your business. And Dr. Alice Fong is here today. She is an integrative neuropathic doctor specializing in diet, weight loss, and stress. And she's also known as the virtual stress doc. She helps busy professionals break free from stress, anxiety, and burnout, something that we talk a lot about in the webinars that I do too, using a five-step holistic approach so people can be happier, healthier, and more productive, but also focused and confident, right? So she's also a business growth consultant, which is amazing because we don't have enough people who are leading in that field in terms of people who are creating holistic businesses, right? Holistic healthcare providers who also want to build a virtual practice. And that's super interesting, of course, because in today's world, that's, you know, it's very dominant. We're going to talk to Dr. Fong about that too. And she's also the founder and the CEO of two businesses, Amur Deswat Wellness and her other business, Thriving Wellness Practice. Welcome, 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 Dr. Fong. Thank you so much for being out there and helping out the world in this way. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And so uh, I kind of talked to you about this before we started recording. You also have a video podcast show, which is super cool. Happy Talks. And I love the title with Dr. Allison Donovan. Who's Donovan, by the way? I didn't get a chance to check it out yet. Yeah, Donovan is my co-host. We actually met on LinkedIn and he's a software engineer for one of the big tech companies. And we just connected over personal development and happiness and health. And we both wanted to create more content and have the accountability. So we teamed up and now we've surpassed our hundredth episode. too. (laughs) I love it. Congratulations on that. That's a huge milestone for sure. So one of the things that you talk about in this video podcast is, you know, you talk about actionable steps, strategies, and this concept of mindset training. So can you tell us a little bit more about what mindset training is? Yeah, you know, I think that's really at the basis of our health 
it's so important to address our mindset because I, as a, as a naturopathic doctor, I'm always giving people recommendations for their lifestyle, their stress levels, helping their relationships. But if they don't put it into action and implement it, nothing's going to change. So if they're really struggling with those recommendations, then it's not a matter of a lack of willpower. It's actually, we got to look into the mindset and really explore what's what are those mental emotional blocks that are getting in a person's way of doing the things that they already know that they need to be doing, but struggle with the doing of that thing? Right. One thing that I talk about sometimes is that, you know, willpower too, there's a mm-hmm. misconception around that, right? That I should have this willpower. And it really right. is about, you know, let's talk about how we can practically make this happen. Like, is it time? Is it time of day? Is it, do you need a partner? Do you need some level of accountability? And that's really where the core of it is. It's not, you know, people aren't weak when they can't do it. It's not a matter of willpower. So I really appreciate that you call it mindset training because I've never heard of it that way. So I, I love that. I love that. Another great thing that really impressed me with you is also that you're the U.S. ambassador for adaptive emotional intelligence and this e-learning program that you created for first responders. And it allows you, of course, to reach and impact those who have served us for the past course of two years and beyond, of course. So one thing that I that we're kind of all aware of is that we've all been in some way a first responder. We've all been kind of traumatized and so on and so forth, you know, vicarious trauma. I wonder, you know, you talk about emotional resilience for the first responders. Do you have some suggestions that maybe we can extend beyond first responders, that we can extend to the layman right now to help continue to move forward with resiliency? Yeah, no, I work with, you know, everyday people, busy professionals, single mom, stay-at-home moms, all all, all the spectrum. And we have, have gone through this collective global trauma from this pandemic, yeah. and it's caused a lot of stress for a lot of us in many different ways, you know, health-wise, financial, just emotional, mental well-being. And so one of the things that I I suggest is just to actually honor yourself and what you need. I think a lot of us tend to want to do more and give and give and give, and we don't take the time to take care of ourselves and actually realize that when something as big as a pandemic happens, that life can't look exactly like it looked like before the pandemic started. And to give ourselves some grace as we're learning about it and discovering how to move in this new world that is very different. So I really am a big advocate for, you know, just giving ourselves some more slack and Mm. some self-love and compassion And that can go a long way at taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, right, allowing that grace and then saying, if I want to be sustainable, I got to take it down a notch. (laughs) You got (laughs) to slow down sometimes. You can't, I always say you are, humans are not robots. We can't just go, 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 go nonstop. We actually need to stop and slow down and rest and recover so we can continue on for the the long haul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know a lot of us struggle with that, right? Especially when we are in the field that we are right now where we're helping others get through this and first responders and people in the mental health and healthcare field. It's really hard to feel as if, well, I can't because there's so many people that are relying on me. Right. But if you don't, 
something's going to take you down anyway, right? Because you have to, you, you have to do that for long-term sustainability. Absolutely. So in your description of your journey to create a scalable virtual business with high ticket programs, reading about this on LinkedIn too, one of the things that you talk about is your move to California back in February of 2019. And then, you know, back then, this is pre-pandemic now, virtual stuff was just taking off. So I wonder, and you know, since you're, this is kind of your, your specialty, I wonder how much has the previous couple of years accelerated that? And do you think that virtual will continue to be a dominant presence? I think it has, you know, I decided to take my practice virtual even before the pandemic happened, mainly because I moved so many times that I didn't want to have to start my practice over again. That was my main motivation. Uh, And it was a real struggle at that time. I had a full-time practice in Maryland before a physical office space. And I thought I'd be able to convert more of my Maryland patients to virtual once I moved to California, because I was literally the only naturopathic doctor in an hour radius. But back then, this was pre-COVID, back then people were more, they would rather drive like two hours to the next naturopathic doctor than to hop on a Zoom call, even though I would say the exact same thing as I would in office to them. They, they, that's just their preference. They prefer that like human to human interaction, but I think it depends on the, the population. So when I moved to California, initially I targeted like the Bay area because they don't like dealing with driving and traffic and parking. And so then they're, they're technology savvy. So they know how to get on a zoom call. So it, it really depends, but I think now post pandemic or we're still in the midst of it sure. technically, but people were kind of forced to do like they, they don't ha- they didn't have a choice anymore. So they had to do the virtual consults. And so that got people more comfortable with it. So I think it's going to be uh, much more common and popular still. I think people are going to prefer the in-person visit, but you know, I think now that everyone knows what zoom is now, yeah. <laughs> like, like we're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, it's not exactly the same as in person, but you know, I think it, it gives people more access to a lot more when they're they're open to doing virtual consults. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, I too, my team was virtual before anything happened. We've mm-hmm. had some other guests who had already been moving into that virtual platform before any of this happened. And all of us were just kind of like, wow, that's so perplexing that most people don't prefer that, right? Uh, I, and, yeah. and even to this day, like you said, uh, still there's even after this, there's still people who would like to do a person. I can't imagine, I, I can do it all virtual. Julie, the whole the whole nine. <laughs> I, I love it. Doctors right. visits, everything. But yeah, I guess the good news is, is like you said, it forced a lot of people to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there's always going to be that human factor, but it's always good to have that. So in terms of like scalability and virtual businesses, so being that it's here to stay, do you still recommend that people also have an, a front facing component too? like people are looking for some of that? Is that like part of that? You know, I actually recently, I've been doing virtual for over two years, and I, I recently decided to go back into the office just one day a week, okay, that's <laughs> but cool. I don't want to go in the office all, all week long, but just because I know people want that one-on-one touch. And so I, I get that. So I, I, I might recommend it for maybe like your first visit, just because, you know, you're building that relationship, building rapport, so they get comfortable. And then I, 
attempt to transition them to virtual because it <laughs> saves them time. It saves me time. Totally. Everyone saves on gas because that's going up. Yep. The yep. Right. Now, so, right. Yes. Right. And I, I like that idea. I like the, especially that first contact to really, cause like, who is right. this person that I'm looking at at the screen? But if I get to meet them, it builds that trust, especially when you're dealing in like in the helping field, they're coming to you and you're about to help them with their lives. They want to have that initial consultation in person. That's a, that's a really great way to kind of balance that out. You know, um, one of the things that you do also talk about, like you're, you give tips on how people can boost relationships and, and so on and so forth. And there's one suggestion that I love personally, which is, you know, create a two person book club, right? Which is, you know, two people. So, but my question is, and, and a lot, and with, let's say any of the, any of the things that you would recommend that people do, what happens when, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there, when you're like, you're into it, but your partner's like, I'm not feeling that. So mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, what are some best approaches to convince them? Would it be to ask them a favor? Would you know, do this for me or, you know, which is maybe guilting in some way to you? Or is it like, hey, if you do this, maybe I'll play your video games that I hate, but I'll do it because you um, or is it better to just say, you know what? Let's just chuck it. Let's find something else. I wonder if you over time you've discovered one is a better method than the other. You know, I, I mean, I don't generally recommend guilting people. <laughs> it doesn't always work out so well. And, um, but, you know, when it, I think what you had kind of alluded to the idea of like compromise, you know, you give me this, I'll be willing to do something that you like that I might not be that interested in. And sometimes there's things, you know, with my husband that, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. Like he's really into snowboarding mm-hmm. and I haven't snowboarded since I was a teenager and I only did it once and fell several times. <laughs> so I don't have any interest in that. Um, but he, he honors and respects that, but for the, the books, and this goes the same with like when we're trying to pick a movie, it's, it's very challenging because I want the rom-coms. He wants like action thriller. Sure more sci-fi things, which I'm okay with sometimes, but you know, it, our middle ground tends to be like, sometimes he's not in the mood for what I want to watch. I'm not in the mood for what he wants to watch. So we settle, we typically settle on like an Adam Sandler movie, comedy, something in between that we can both enjoy. So if it goes into like books, it's like, okay, find a book that you, you know, maybe it's not like what you're super excited about, but something you you'd be interested in, you're both interested in enough to explore it together. And if someone's just not into to reading, maybe the book club is not the best idea. But right. maybe finding another shared mutual activity that you both can enjoy even better. If maybe none of you have experience with it, so then it's like you're both exploring and experiencing it newly, which is exciting. For yeah. Some yeah. The doing something novel together really uh, bonds yeah. people. That's, that's a good suggestion. It's like, okay, let's, uh, let's try something we neither one of us know if we like, or we don't like, how about that? Mm-hmm. Let's just do that. That's a, that's a really great compromise because no one's trying to give in. It's just, I don't even know if I like it. You don't even know if you like it. We're just going to give it a shot. Right. That's a, that's a good one. So as a proven stress expert, you have found that, of course, that, in, and I think all of us kind of know this, but prolonged stress is cause of major contributing factor to health conditions, bad, you know, depression, pain, overeating, poor dietary choices, decreased immune function, digestive problems, high blood pressure, insomnia, all these things that we know we don't want. But right. how 
can we avoid that when we have all these media outlets 24-7, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, and being on this perpetual cycle of fear and alarm? Do you tell people to take a media and a social media holiday? What's the approach there? Oh, absolutely. I think it's necessary for our mental and emotional well-being because the media and social media is supposed to like heighten our our nervous system, yeah. get us excited or scared or whatever it's supposed to be doing. And, you know, sometimes that's, that's good. It's, it's not bad. It's actually necessary part of our survival to have a stress response, but we don't want to have it 24 seven because that's where we become depleted. And then we're not able to kind of sleep or yeah. rest and digest and all the things that we need to do to kind of recover. And so taking those breaks, especially, you know, I know some people just got so caught up with the news, with the pandemic, when it was all unfolding mm-hmm. and they would just like, just stare at the news all day. Yeah. <laughs> like You need a break. Nothing. Yes. There's it's unfolding and we're discovering things, but you don't need to like be paying attention 24 seven and the news will still be there tomorrow. So if you just needed a quick check-in five minutes, just to stay up to date, understandable, but dwelling on it and obsessing about it and just like keeping all the notifications on. So you you're alerted every moment. I like to turn my notifications off on my phone for most things. Um, so I'm not distracted and I can just like, you know, if I really am interested, I'll set aside some time for that instead of just having it take over my yeah, life. Yeah. I actually deleted all the apps from my phone. I deleted Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and the Apple news app. So Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> get for you. yeah, that was the only way for me. Cause otherwise I just, you just fall prey to it. Notification, oh, notification. Okay. And then last question, sure. what is the reason why you chose the name Amour de Soie for one of your wellness businesses? Yeah. So Amour de Soie Wellness is my, my doctor practice where I'm helping people with stress and anxiety. And I chose that name because it means love yourself in French but not in a narcissistic type of way. It's actually love yourself as a means of survival. It's not about like taking away from someone else. It's about filling your own cup because if you don't do that first and foremost, then you can't do anything else. And I think, especially I notice women have this trend of just wanting to give, give, give until there's like nothing left mm. and then they're depleted and there's nothing left. And then, then they're resentful or they're fatigued and then they aren't as productive as they want to be. And so it's, it's necessary to, I think it's like the essential key component to uh, self care, stress management, all managing our well-being, all of that. Mm-hmm. So if that's not there, then the rest doesn't happen. Right. And now, now I understand where it talks about equating it with something primal, because mm-hmm. now that makes sense to me, because what you said, you need it for survival and animals exactly. know that they will take care of themselves and that, okay, now I get the connection. That makes mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of sense. Um, what's something that you do on a regular basis for self-care? I wonder. I get massages <laughs> for myself probably about once a month or so uh, is, is my goal. But also, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, sometimes I just go out in nature, go mm-hmm. for a walk with the dogs and just mm-hmm. 
breathe and remember that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Life will work out how it needs to work out and it's all going to be all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the fact that you're here and for everyone listening, all the links to her businesses will be on our PRX.org page. All the information that you guys would need to follow up with her um, will be there. So thank you so much, Dr. Fong, again, once again, for all the great work that you're doing and helping people through these times. And thank you for appearing here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. And now a word from our person on the street. So, Jossie, what are your thoughts on Boost? Uh, Boost is just like Boost. It's just like throw somebody up in the air. It's a Boost. And what boosts your mood? What makes you feel happy? Mm, Usually my stuffed animals. Okay, and tell me one of the stuffed animals that you want to share. Maggie! What's Maggie? Maggie's a unicorn. Uh, awesome. I think unicorns will boost anybody's mood. Thank you. You're welcome. all the time we have for today folks and thanks so much for joining us here at two rogue studios and a big thanks to our producer the big Lebowski, Paige Lebowski, and you can find out more about her at her website pagelebowski.com or about all of us here at team two rogues at two rogues.com that's the number two and the word rogues.com we look forward to seeing you next time thanks again for joining us my name is Rhea Dark